Peter Pan by James Matthew Barry. Chapter 6 The Little House Foolish Tootles was standing like a conqueror over Wendy's body when the other boys sprang armed from their trees. You are too late, he cried proudly. I have shot the Wendy. Peter will be so pleased with me. Overhead, Tinkerbell shouted, Silly ass, and darted into hiding. The others did not hear her. They had crowded round Wendy, and as they looked, a terrible silence fell upon the world. Fell upon the wood. If Wendy's heart had been beating, they would all have heard it. Slightly was the first to speak. This is no bird, he said in a scared voice. I think this must be a lady. A lady, said Tootles, and fell a-trembling. And we have killed her, Nib said hoarsely. They all whipped off their caps. Now I see, Curly said. Peter was bringing her to us. He threw himself sorrowfully on the ground. A lady to take care of us at last, said one of the twins. And you have killed her. Well, that's very interesting. A boy instantly goes to thinking about how a lady would be taking care of all of them. Hmm. They knew that their moms took care of them, so they naturally thought that a lady had to take care of them. Couldn't be a fellow person, a fellow man. They were sorry for him, but sorrier for themselves. And when he took a step nearer them, they turned from him. Tootle's face was very white, but there was a dignity about him now that had never been there before. I did it, he said, reflecting. When ladies used to come to me in dreams, I said, pretty mother, pretty mother. But when at last she really came, I shot her. Move slowly away. Don't go, they called in pity. I must, he answered, shaking. I am so afraid of Peter. It was at this tragic moment that they heard a sound which made the heart of every one of them rise to his mouth. They heard Peter crow. Peter, they cried, for it was always thus that he signaled his return. Hide her, they whispered, and gathered hastily around Wendy. All of them are scared of Peter. Interesting around Wendy, but Tootles stood aloof. Again came that ringing crow, and Peter dropped in front of them. Greetings, boys, he cried, and mechanically they saluted, and then again with silence. He frowned. I am back, he said hotly. Why do you not cheer? They opened their mouths, but the cheers would not come. He overlooked it in his haste to tell glorious tidings. Great news, boys, he cried. I have brought at last a mother for you all. Still no sound, except a little thud from Toodles as he dropped on his knees. Have you not seen her? asked Peter, becoming troubled. She flew this way. Ah, me, one voice said, and another said, O oh, mournful day. Toodles rose. Peter, he said quietly, I will show her to you. And when the others would still have hidden her, he said, Back, twins. Back, twins, let Peter see. So they all stood back and let him see. 
and after he had looked for a little time, he did not know what to do next. She is dead, he said uncomfortably. Perhaps she is frightened at being dead. He thought of hopping off in a comic sort of way, till he was out of her, till he was out of sight of her, and then never going near the spot anymore. I would all have been glad to follow if he had done this. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, it appears. But there was the arrow. He took it from her heart and faced his band. Whose arrow? he demanded sternly. Mine, Peter, said Tootles on his knees. Oh, dastard hand, said Peter. Peter said. And he raised the arrow to use it as a dagger. Tootles did not flinch. He bared his breast. Strike, Peter, he said firmly. Strike, Drew. Twice did Peter raise the arrow, and twice did his hand fall. I cannot strike, he said with awe. There is something stays my hand. All looked at him in wonder, save Nibs, who fortunately looked at Wendy. It is she, he cried. The Wendy lady. See her arm. Wonderful to relate. Tell. Wendy had raised her arm. Nibs bent over her and listened reverently. I think she said, Poor Tootles, he whispered. She lives, Peter said briefly, slightly cried instantly. The Wendy lady lives. Then Peter knelt beside her and found his button. You remember she had put it on a chain that she wore round her neck. See, he said, the arrow struck against this. It is the kiss I gave her. It has saved her life. I remember, kisses, slightly interposed. Quickly, let me see it. Aye, that's a kiss. Peter did not hear him. He was begging Wendy to get better quickly, so that he could show her the mermaids. Of course, she could not answer yet, being still in a frightful faint. But from overhead came a wailing note. Listen to Tink, said Curly. She is crying because the Wendy lives. Then they had to tell Peter of Tink's crying, and almost never had they seen him look so stern. Listen, Tinkerbell, he cried. I am her friend no more. Be gone from me forever. She flew on to his shoulder and pleaded but he brushed her off. Not until Wendy again raised her arm did he relent sufficiently to say, well, not forever, but for a whole week. Do you think Tinkerbell was grateful to Wendy for raising her arm? Oh dear, no. Never wanted to pinch her so much. Fairies indeed are strange, and Peter, who understood them best, often coughed them. But what to do with Wendy in her present delicate state of health? Let us carry her down into the house, Curly suggested. I said slightly. That is what one does with ladies. No, no, Peter said. You must not touch her. It would not be sufficiently respectful. 
That, said Stoutly, is what I was thinking. But if she lies there, Toodle said, she will die. Aye, she will die, Stoutly admitted, but there is no way out. Yes, there is, cried Peter. Let us build a little house around her. They were all delighted. Quick, he ordered them. Bring me, each of you, the best of what we have. Cut our house. Be sharp. Well, he has a real infatuation here, doesn't he? In a moment, they were as busy as tailors, the night before her wedding. They scurried this way and that, down for bedding, up for firewood, and while they were at it, who should appear but John and Michael? As they dragged along the ground, they fell asleep standing, stopped, woke up, moved another step, and slept again. John, John, Michael would cry, wake up. Where is Nana, John, and Mother? And then John would rub his eyes and mutter, It is true, we did fly. You may be sure they were very relieved to find Peter. Hello, Peter, they said. Hello, replied Peter amicably, though he had quite forgotten them. He was very busy at the moment, measuring Wendy with his feet to see how large a house she would need. Of course he meant to leave room for chairs and a table. John and Michael watched him. Is Wendy asleep? they asked. Yes. John, Michael proposed, let us wake her and get her to make supper for us. But as he said it, some of the other boys rushed on carrying branches for the building of the house. Look at them, he cried. Curly, said Peter in the most captainy voice. See that these boys help in the building of the house. Aye, aye, sir. Build a house, exclaimed John. For the Wendy, said Curly. For Wendy, John said aghast. Why? She is only a girl. That, explained Curly, is why we are her servants. Well, that's a very interesting thing that's playing out. Not only is she important because she is important to Peter, but she is also important because she is a girl and she is the only girl on the entire island at the moment. And because she is the only one, she, she becomes much more important than everyone else over there. It's a monopoly, you see? A monopoly on womanhood on that island at the moment. You, Wendy's servants? Yes, said Peter, and you also. Away with them. They became from brothers who were used to her and thought of her as equals to servants by order by Peter, who really shouldn't even matter at this moment, but okay. The astounded brothers were dragged away to hack and hew and carry. Chairs and a fender first, Peter ordered, and we shall build a house around them. This is a very weird story. Peter is clearly... <laughs> the leader among the bunch over here. He has the power to order people around and he wants to show that to show that to Wendy 
Tank already knows that there is no fun in showing Tank the power he has. And if Wendy has... A wisdom, she won't be impressed by it. So that Peter will continue doing stuff for her. Stuff for her. And he'll continue doing it till the time that Wendy... Doesn't get impressed anymore. Quite like in real life, ain't it? Peter ordered, then we shall build a house round them. I said slightly, that is how a house is built. It all comes back to me. Peter thought of everything. Slightly, he cried. Fetch a doctor. I I said slightly at once, and disappeared, scratching his head. But he knew Peter must be obeyed, and he returned in a moment, wearing John's hat and looking solemn. Please, sir, said Peter, going to him. Are you a doctor? The difference between him and the other boys at such a time was that they knew it was make-believe, while to him, make-believe and true were exactly the same thing. That's childhood, isn't it? The stories you tell yourself is also the truth that you love out of there. That's what childhood should be. That's when there are dreams. This sometimes troubled them as when they had to make believe that they had had their dinners. If they broke down in their make-believe, he wrapped them on the knuckles. Monopoly of violence? Yes, my little man, slightly anxious, replied. Slightly anxiously replied, who had chapped knuckles. Please, sir, Peter explained. A lady lies very ill. She was lying at their feet, but slightly had the sense not to see her. Tut, 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 he said. Where does she lie? In yonder glade. I'll put a glass thing in her mouth, said Slightly, and he made believe to do it. While Peter waited, it was an anxious moment when the glass thing was withdrawn. How is she? inquired Peter. Tut tut, said Slightly. This has cured her. I am glad, Peter cried. I will call again in the evening, Slightly said. Give her beef tea out of a cup with a spout to it. But after he had returned the hat to John, he blew big breaths, which was his habit on escaping from a difficulty. Well, no matter what you do with make-believe, just as it never had show, uh, displayed, you... Really can't fill a stomach with make believe. You really can't change the world with you just thinking about it. You have to do something about it. In the meantime, the wood had been alive with the sound of axes. Almost everything needed for a cozy, cozy dwelling already lay at Wendy's feet. If only we knew, said one, the kind of house she likes best. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, because that's a problem. Building the house is in the problem over here, apparently. Peter shouted another. She is moving in her sleep. Her mouth opens, cried a third, looking respectfully into it. Oh, lovely. Perhaps she is going to sing in her sleep, said Peter. Wendy, sing the kind of house you would like to have. Immediately, without opening her eyes, Wendy began to sing. I wish I had a pretty house, the littlest ever seen, with funny little red walls and roof of mossy cream. They gurgled with joy at this, for by the greatest good luck the branches they had brought were sticky with red sap, and all the ground was carpeted with moss. As they rattled up their little house, they broke into a song themselves. We built the little walls and roof, and made a lovely door. So tell us, Mother Wendy, what are you wanting more? To this she answered greedily, Oh, really, next, I think I'll have gay windows all about, with roses peeping in, you know, and babies peeping out. With a blow of their fists, they made windows and large yellow leaves were the blinds. But roses? Roses, cried Peter sternly. Quickly they made believe to grow the loveliest roses of the world's. Babies? To prevent Peter ordering babies, they hurried into song again. We've made the roses peeping out. The babes are at the door. We cannot make ourselves, you know, because we've been made before. Peter, seeing this to be a good idea, at once pretended that it was his own. The house was quite beautiful, and no doubt Wendy was very cozy within. Though, of course, they could no longer see her. Peter strode up and down, ordering finishing touches. Nothing escaped his eagle eyes. Just when it seemed absolutely finished, there was no knocker on the door, he said. They were very ashamed, but Tootles gave the sole of his shoes and it was made an excellent knocker. <laughs> well, Peter being called having eagle eyes, but then there being instances where he clearly doesn't is rather hilarious. There's no knocker on the door, he said. Oh, we already went through that. Absolutely finished now, they thought. Not a bit of it. There's no chimney, Peter said. We must have a chimney. It certainly does need a chimney, said John importantly. This gave Peter an idea. He snatched the hat off John's head, knocked out the bottom top, and put the hat on the roof. The little house was so pleased to have such a capital chimney that as if to say thank you, smoke immediately began to come out of the hat. Now really and truly it was finished. Nothing remained to do but to knock. All look your best, Peter warned them. First impressions are awfully important. You know, this game of make-believe now makes me think about whatever they're doing around them. Is that make-believe too? The, the pirate. The pirate himself could be make-believe. Why would he want to make-believe pirate so that Hmm, very interesting. So, why would the pirate be make-believe? One, it gave everyone a task to do, to run away from the pirates, to be scared of, to fear. Peter can then control that fear. But then what if there is no 
pirate. I mean, clearly uh, the others can see through that make-believe, but what if they've been believing it for too long? Everyone then believes it because it's been there already and the rustle in the trees and the slight noises would then become indications that the pirates are around. And then obviously you create a backstory to make it all make sense. You have the pirates being followed by a crocodile and what not. Interesting. He was glad no one asked him what first impressions are. They were all too busy looking the best. He knocked politely and now the wood was still was as still as the children. Not a sound to be he- heard except from Tinkerbell, who was watching from a branch and openly sneering. Well, the children intuitively knew what first impressions were. were. They needed to look good the first time someone saw them. What the boys were wondering was, would anyone answer the knock? If a lady, what would she be like? The door opened and a lady came out. It was Wendy. They all whipped off their hats. She looked properly surprised at And this was just how they had hoped she would look. Where am I? She said. Of course, Slightly was the first to get his word in. Wendy, lady, he said rapidly. For you, we built this house. Oh, say you're pleased, cried Nips. Lovely darling house, Wendy said. And they were the very words they had hoped she would say. And we are your children, cried the twins. And then... Then all went on their knees, and holding out their arms, cried, Oh, Wendy lady, be our mother. Why couldn't Tinkerbell be their mother? She was... A character with feminine... With a feminine role, clearly, over here. Why couldn't she be... A mother. Ought I, Wendy said, all shining. Of course, it's frightfully fascinating. But you see, I am only a little girl. I have no real experience. That doesn't matter, said Peter, as if he were the only person present who knew all about it, though he was really the one who knew least. What we need is just a nice motherly person. He didn't have a mother. Yet, he pretended as though he had a mother. Oh dear, Wendy said. You see, I feel that is exactly what I am. He didn't really say anything quite like I do. He didn't really say anything over here. What we need is just a nice motherly person. Well, that is what a mother is. (laughs) Oh dear, Wendy said. You see... I feel that is exactly what I am. It is, it is, they all cried. We saw it at once. Very well, she said. I will do my best. Come inside at once, you naughty children. I am sure your feet are damp. And before I put you to bed, I have just time to finish the story of Cinderella. In they went. I don't know how there was room for them. 
but you can squeeze very tight in the Neverland. And that was the first of the many joyous evenings they had with Wendy. By and by, she tucked them up in the great bed in the home under the trees. But she herself slept that night in the little house. And Peter kept watch outside with with drawn sword. For the pirates could be heard caressing far away and the wolves were on the prowl. The little house looked so cozy and safe in the darkness, with a bright light showing through its blinds, and the chimney smoking beautifully, and Peter standing on guard. After a time he fell asleep, and some unsteady fairies had to climb over him on their way home from an orgy. Well, this is a child's book, right? Any of the other boys obstructing the fairy path at night, they would have mischieved, but they just tweaked Peter's nose and passed on. This was a fun chapter. Gave a lot to think about. I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed commenting on it. Meet you in the next time. Bye-bye.